The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. We are so glad to be back from FetishCon 2023. Had a wonderful time, and we also want to tell you that we have a new official merch partner where you can get an entire What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want range of merchandise, including t-shirts, mugs, and our famous notebooks. You can get that at Kingster Merch at Etsy, and we thank them for partnering on the show. A little bit of a sad moment this week for our program as we get set to finish our third season. We were promoting one of our new video podcasts, which you can find at youtube.com slash at what women want podcasts, and literally gave the description of what one of our guests said about herself. This led us to being suspended on Instagram, and heaven knows we have talked so many times on this program about what it's like to try to stay on a platform where we can share what we do. The charge was sexual soliciting, and it's really interesting because obviously I'm a podcast, so I wouldn't be soliciting for anything, and every single picture that I've been put up on been putting up on Instagram has been one that I've always deemed IG friendly because I asked my guests for those. Instagram is getting out of control as is the entire metaverse. We're going to be talking a little bit about what it's like to try to stay within boundaries on things coming up in a very special program coming up later in this month. It's a difficult thing for all of us, but for those of us who are genuinely trying to educate, genuinely trying to present the authentic stories of people, 
It's just a sad state of affairs. So I just wanted to let you know as hi there, Catsuit, and as John, that I understand what a lot of our guests go through these days. No, I didn't have 100,000 followers. I only had almost 2,000. And the who knows, the account may come back. But the fact is, it shouldn't have gone away in the first place. And the only reason I use the account is to let you know what's coming up on the show. So we're going to be coming up with some other ways to try to promote. You can always find us on Twitter as we are very active on that platform. And we're going to come up with some new ways to get the word out about our wonderful show. And we would appreciate you helping us get the word out as well. You can help by subscribing to the show on Apple or on Spotify, by giving us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify, and to just let folks know that we are around. You can even subscribe to us on YouTube now. As starting in Season 4, we will be placing all of our shows on YouTube in either audio or video form. And also give people a way to watch the show and listen to the show with captioning because we do know that there are some of our listeners or visitors that want to be able to take in everything about the show, but may not be able to listen to it. It's our commitment to you in season four. And as we get ready to wrap up season three with just two more shows to go, we meet with a video creator and transformation enthusiast, the likes of which you've never heard. Holland of Chicago is a self-identified trans icon and smut enthusiast with over 15 years of experience as a phone sex operator. Holland has tapped into the minds and closeted desires of devotees all over the world with well over 100 clips posted on sites such as Night Flirt, ManyVids, and OnlyFans. Encouraged gay, cross-dressing, feminization, mind-fucking, Shame, splashing, and financial domination are just some of Holland's favorite forms of fun. If you're intrigued, it's time to step out of the closet and onto your knees. Holland of Chicago on what women and other wonderful humans want. questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now. First time you realized that this kink thing might be for you. I was very young, very early memories, um, just knowing that my sexuality was a bit uh, different. Mm-hmm. And that I knew deep down that I could not wait to become an adult. Because um, when you're when you're a wee kid, you know, you're just like, I'm attracted to other things. Mm-hmm. And I had a wild imagination and thought about things a little bit earlier than most people, most, most kids my age. And uh, so, yeah, I knew at a very young age that I was definitely different as far as how um i wasn't really sure until you get older but you just know that uh, yeah something's off something's different in a good way we're quite similar in that because i remember watching batman growing up 
which okay. was my genesis. Sure. And when you're 10 and 11 and Catwoman's doing something to you that you're not quite sure what she's supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's it's not just the sex, it's the outfit. And yeah, know, I can totally see that. So yeah, for, for, for example, like I could look at Catwoman and think more of like, well, I want to be like her. Like I like mm-hmm. her, her power, her energy. Um, yeah, so I, I totally relate relate to that. Maybe in different ways, but yeah. First time you actually felt like you were living as your authentic self. Ooh, authentic self. I love that word or that term. Um, not until recently, I'd say. Um, likely within the last five years, I would say I felt like I've really hit my stride. Um for a vi- it's like you you can tap into these parts of yourself, but you're also living this life that was kind of mm, encouraged for you as far mm-hmm. as like normal civilian life, get a job, work in a corporate office, that kind of stuff. Um, so while I was doing that, I was still exploring this like other part of myself. It was very car- car- compartmentalized. I would say most likely over pandemic like early stages of pandemic, I feel like that's when I I hit my stride and I started living as my more authentic self. First time you ever saw an image of you and went, that's who I'm meant to be. An image of me? Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it be a picture or video? Yeah, so I started cross-dressing at like, again, like a very young age. There was a moment, like I remember just being a, t- um, went to this like drag party in in college. So I was like maybe eighteen or nineteen, and I kind of didn't want to go because I really did want to go, and I was just like, um, still like kind of closeted. But like when I got all dressed up and got ready for it, I'm like, yeah, this feels more like more like me. So like 18, 19, somewhere around there. You use the word, so I will ask it back. The first time you walked out of the closet and how it made you feel. Um, Walked out of the closet. I mean, there's a few ways of looking at that. So it's like, come, I think of like coming out of the closet and telling like my family about things. Mm-hmm. Um, telling friends about things. Um. It's a process, I understand. I would say, yeah, I mean, going out like in drag or like in femme um, was both like scary and like powerful at the same time, more so like nerve wracking, but you still just do it because like it's what you really want to do. There's a lot of other factors that are playing into you, like internalized hatred and all that stuff, but um it eventually went from being nervous about it, yet still enjoying myself, to um, yeah. I mean, then once you start telling people more about yourself, it's like someone that's always been there, but you maybe concealed it. Um, it's kind of like a rush. It's like a little bit of a high to so kind of get rid of all that pent up feeling, pent up aggression, or pent up uh, you know repression that's inside of you. Not not aggression, repression. 
first time you decided you wanted to make content for others? Oh, um, I actually did a, God, let's see here. This is probably about 15 years ago, maybe 2007, 2008. Um, I was commissioned to do a splashing video. You know what splashing is, right? I'll have to uh, plead the fifth and say I don't. Okay. So splashing is basically a fetish that involves food play. So it could okay. be savory, it could be sweet. Um, so I got commissioned to do a, um, like a messy scene. Okay. By this that I understand. By this producer. And uh, I got paid really well but I paid my friend really well and I didn't budget properly for the amount of like pies that needed to be used. <laughs> so I think I came out on, on like the losing end of that financially speaking, but it's just like, you know, I didn't like, I basically didn't make any money. I kind of broke even, but my friend got paid. And then I just realized like, Oh, I got to budget this out next time. So, but that We're was gonna... maybe about 15 years ago. Wow. We're going to talk about, how this self-professed trans icon has become a content creator and has such amazing content that I have to admit is very interesting to me. And we'll talk about that when we come back mm. on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Holland of Chicago is my guest, and we're back in a moment. We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at WWWPodcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy, as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, 
is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to what women and other wonderful humans want. Presented by Dating Kinky. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the program. Joined by Holland of Chicago. And I was referred to you by the amazing mistress Natalia Sedici, who said, this is a human you need to talk to. And Natalia has been on the program and has been a great supporter of the program. Mm -hmm. And I said, you want me to talk to Holland? Is there a special reason why? And she said, because they're an awesome human being. Okay. <laughs> so you obviously were able to make Natalia Sedici sing your praises. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about how you became comfortable in this wonderful content world and maybe how she discovered how amazing a person you were. Sure. Well, first start with how I got into the content world. Um, so I had... I've actually been a phone sex operator for a little bit over 15 years now, I think. Okay. And it was always like sex work has always been like a secondary source of income for me. Um, sometimes I would make very little money in the year. Sometimes I would make, you know, decent, decent money. Um, so I'd always been in it. In that sense, I had... Um, did some in-person work when I first started out, like around 2008, around the same time. I did that for about two years, but when you're balancing like a, a, a corporate job, it's very difficult to go into um, to doing like full-time sessions mm -hmm. you know, around that. So I kind of put that off to the side, but maintain the phone sex. Um, I desperately wanted to get out of the corporate world. It was uh, destroying my, my little soul. And for a few years, I'd been thinking about a way of like how I believe in taking risks, but also like you need to take calculated risks. So it's like, you know, you have your expenses, you have your fixed expenses, you have all these other things and you have to figure out like, well, how much money can I make? Can I sustain a, my life? Would I make less money? Would I make more money? I don't know. But it's difficult to take a few months off, just return to your job and say like, oh, what are you leaving for? I'm like, oh, I have like a medical condition. And it's like, some people might think like, oh, that makes sense. Um, but I didn't have the opportunity to find out if I can make enough money until pandemic hit. Because mm -hmm. we went, our, our, my employer was work from home. So I was able to maintain full-time hours. And then I thought, well, I can at least do phone sex full-time and no one had anything to do. So it got very busy. And we're all stuck inside. And then I realized, okay, I can make X amount of money. And then within about three months, I realized like I'd done a few little clips here and there, nothing major. Um, and I decided the only way I can make more money is by diversifying my sex work income. So I thought, okay, I need to make clips. So I started making clips and they were terrible. Like early on, just garbage. <laughs> I would buy some clips from other producers and I kind of saw what what they were doing, what maybe worked, what maybe didn't work. Um, and I, I and I just built from there. So probably about 20, uh, spring, summer of 2020 is when I first started making more clips. And then I just got into the, the flow of things. And then 
basically by about a year later, sometime in early 2021, I, I realized like I can make enough money doing clips, doing video work, um, whatever. Um, and I quit my corporate job. What were the things that you saw in the clips that you bought that you were able to identify with and go, yeah, that can, that can be something that inspires me. Sure. So I can think about like very specific examples. And I remember doing like a, a tweet thread about this. Like I, I forgot when, but so one, one in particular, so with movement, like I was, um, so Alexander Snow, mm -hmm. I bought some of her clips. And one thing that really stood out about her clips, I mean, what she does, she's great. She's beautiful. She's intelligent, sexy, powerful, all those things. But the way she moved, you know, it's kind of, I had this like a little flow to her. And my first few clips, I was, unless I was like, you know, jerking off, uh, I'm pretty much stagnant and it's really boring. So I, um, so I kind of, I took that. It's like, and then you kind of find your own flow, your own movement within that. Right. And another one that um, I realized is that you can, you can incorporate humor without it. Like it could be like, like your style of humor, maybe some quips, one-liners, whatever. You can still make that sexy. And uh, Divine Goddess Jessica, um, I, you're probably familiar with her. I don't know. Are you, I'm do you know familiar that? with Alexandra, but I am not familiar with her. Uh, so t tell me more. She's, she's great. She is, uh, I mean, obviously beautiful, but like just low-key, not even low-key. She's just funny without being like, like I'm funny, ha ha. Just some of her lines, um, the way she talks to the camera, um, there's like a playful deviousness. Like she's, she's playfully funny. Um, and it just feels very natural. And I, I don't know, some people find me funny. So the way I may act in my personal life is not exactly what I maybe put out on camera, but I do like to slip in um, some like funny but sexy things. So yeah, um, those are those are some of the influences that I, I thought of right away. I absolutely know about the motion part. I've always told my my good acquaintance, uh, Temptress Raven Eve, that she can look into a camera. And just simply by moving her head a little bit can totally entrance me and go, uh oh, mm -hmm. I'm in trouble now. Yeah. <laughs> it is those little things that can make all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Is there one little thing that you took from those clips? And was there one little thing that we wouldn't be thinking of motion is actually kind of a big thing, but just that little detail that allowed you to brand yourself the way you are. Um, one thing that I, I kind of go back to, especially when I, I get into these, these moments where, Oh, this feels like work, you know? I mean, it is, but I will sometimes do a little reset, like a mental reset. And I kind of think about, I want to talk to like the version of myself that I, I used to be. So like mm. closeted. I think about myself at the age of like, you know, in my early twenties. And I think about how, while I was 
pursuing the things that interested me. I was very compartmentalized. And I've talked to probably thousands of men over my, my time in doing this. Many of them are closeted. Uh, no one knows about anything about their like internal sex life or internal like fantasies. And I kind of think about talking to like the old version of myself. Mm-hmm. And that resonates with the audience because it's like, well, it's like, well, you really understand me. It's like, well, yeah, I know what it's like to feel repressed. I know what it's like to like, you know, at a young age, it's like, oh, I want to grow up and be like her. And for like a, a young boy to say that, you're like, oh, I want to be like the, you know, I want to be like Catwoman. That's a strange thing for most people to hear. Um, and, you know, you get judged, all those things. So it's like, I understand the fear and the anxiety. I also understand like what kind of relief comes with that. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I, when people say it's like, oh, you're really, all you have to do is just stare into the, stare into the, you know, the camera and just be honest. And people pick up on that. And that's been my experience if I'm connecting with people through that way. When's the first time you realized you weren't alone? Oh, uh, America Online. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear You've that got mail. Right now. Yeah, um, I was, yeah, looking back, like, wow, that was those were some really uh, interesting times. Um, yeah, I went I remember joining America Online and then I would reach out to, they'd have like cross-dresser groups or, you know, there there are some transsexual groups. They're all kind of lumped together. And that's when I realized I was not alone. But I also realized like there are some predatory people out there. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, it is, it was a quick growing up experience. So yeah, I was like, uh, like 15, 16? I have donned leotards and tights and cat suits mm-hmm. since I was 12 years old. Okay. I never had a body dysmorphia and never had a thing where I'm like, I want to become a woman, but then I've discovered that there are a lot of gender fluid things within me. Mm-hmm. especially my mindset. Okay. I have had so many people say, John, you are unlike any guy I've ever known. And one of my best friends said, you're the gayest thinking straight man I've ever met in my life. Okay. And I say, thank you for that amazing compliment. When you first had an inkling that something was different about you Mm -hmm. when were you able to take it into your heart and say i'm okay with this because i'm guessing that had to come way before coming out of the closet but it had something to do when you said i understand what's going on now it's probably just pretty recently to be honest really so i started taking uh, HRT or horm- hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. So I started taking testosterone blockers um, right around like 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I added hormones on later on, but uh, I'm sorry, um, estrogen later on, uh, just 
probably like six months maybe after starting that because I wanted to just kind of emasculate myself and mm-hmm. then add estrogen because you just kind of naturally reduce it your testosterone and you start to like actually to get like breast development just from lowering your testosterone um and I had some difficulty with it like I have some trans friends who are like living wonderful lives and are very happy and, and healthy and I've had some friends who um who've actually detransitioned Mm. And what I found is that, like, I, I felt like, okay, you know, that, that mindset of like, oh, I've always been a woman. And it's like, mm, I think I've always felt like I wanted to be a woman. Like I would have been, I look, I look at my life now and thinking like, I think I would, if you gave me the choice of being like, you were born male or born female, I would think I would like, oh, I think I I choose to be born female. It just seems like a no brainer for me. Um, but the hormones, like, it's not just a physical change. It's like a mental change too. Um, it's kind of chaotic in there. <laughs> and I, I had some, I was thinking like, okay, so if this is help, this is helping me get to my authentic self, but like, why do I feel like shit? Mm-hmm. Right. And then you think, okay, well, I feel like shit. I thought this was the answer. Like, what do I do next? And the answer was like, you take, you take more drugs, you take different types of drugs. And then you kind of go through like a little, uh, I don't know. You just, it's, it's a process. Um, sorry, one second. What I found, I'm kind of just a rambling answer to be honest at this point. <laughs> it's basically a process. Um, how I felt at the start of taking hormones is not how I feel as of this time. Like I still take hormones, but I'm very happy just kind of, I feel like if I put enough effort into it, so like, Right now I wear like my, it's my natural hair and I have like a bangs piece that I'll clip in. If I do my makeup, I can kind of blend out into society because I'm very small. I'm like five foot five. And I feel like I can blend into society in, in most cases. Um, some people still see me and think of like, they say he, some say she. It, that used to bother me. Now it no longer bothers me. It's just like, that's what they see. I don't think they're being assholes about it. And it's like, I need to be comfortable with myself. Basically, I've, I've gone to the point of feeling like I need to fully transition in order to be my authentic self. And after going through that process, realizing that it's, it's all within. And it's like, while I will acknowledge, I think I would prefer to have been born female. That wasn't, that's not my reality. And I'm just making the best of the situation. And I've tried like the full transition thing and it's just, it didn't get me to where I thought I needed to be. So I'm kind of in this like androgynous ish in between state. And I've just learned to be very comfortable with that. So I I, honestly, it's it's just been a few years since I started feeling really good about myself. Your content does have a lot of it, at least recently does have this theme about it that if you want to come out of the closet, it's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. There is some that is very suggestive towards allowing yourself that permission. Yeah. When did you give yourself permission to do that? To be, to, um, to, to, to basically say, I can be, your vessel to allow you to be your authentic self. 
Sure. So <clears throat> I'd say the first time I kind of felt like that was maybe when I first started this, which was around 2007, 2008. Um, and actually this Dom that I knew she got me into this. Um, so she had, she's like, you know, you have this sales background and she knew about my gender dysphoria, but didn't really know how to, um, like I'd actually session with her and then we became friends. And then I do like some video work for her or do some like other random things. And she says, and we never use like gender in, in our scenes. But she said, you know, I, she's like, I don't really understand it, but um, if you join Night Flirt, you can actually, you know, take, take a few images of yourself. You can kind of tap into your, your feminine, uh, like feminine top energy and kind of explore it that way. So I was just like, okay, I'll give it a try. And then, you know, I, I immediately went in towards like the, the feminization, more of like the cross-dressing angle. Um, and then I realized, okay, most guys want to talk about, you know, sucking dick. Like that's kind of, mm -hmm. it. so I had, I had to get comfortable with that. Um, cause I'd been with men before I had, you know, I've had uh, a couple of boyfriends dated, you know, hooked up that kind of stuff, but I've, I'm bisexual. So I've never been like a, you know, never in my life have I really been like a gay man. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I realized like, and just in talking and asking questions, you realize like, okay, every person that's calling me is likely married or has a girlfriend deeply closeted it like 95 percent of of the people that would reach out to me they're living basically a double life and then i realized like once i i kind of grew into that role i um i realized like the power that i had I, even though I've been doing it for over a decade, I didn't really start feeling it until maybe 2019. Um, as far as it's like, okay, I can be, you know, I was, I was raised Catholic. So it's all about, you know, permission and guilt and shame. And I love mm -hmm. it. Um, but I probably around the, the, around 2019 was when I, I realized like the power that I had. And then it's just only grown out of control since then. So, you know, I got to keep myself in check. Interesting question from somebody who has been basically straight all their life, meaning me. Oh, okay. You can change uh, that. <laughs> um, and that's just, it was the way I was raised and it's the way I've discovered my sexuality. Although right now, my sexuality is pretty much all kink. Sure. It is the impact. It is the moments. It is the bondage. It is the beautiful time that where the rest of the world goes away when you're in that world yeah it's my mm -hmm. favorite place to be yeah but to have somebody help guide you to a place that you're not comfortable with okay <clears throat> as i was going through your content i'm going not necessarily my thing but I could see that if I was somebody who is interested in it, you make it comfortable. You make it fun. And for somebody who's scared, mm -hmm. that's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you feel that way 
and thus you allow yourself to help guide in that way? Um, you mean, did I feel like that way? Were you, I... were you scared as life went on or were you just okay with things? You know, I've always, I like to maintain the idea of just constantly staying curious and it's more intentional now, but in going, looking back at my life, even though I was terrified of the things that I was doing, um, like going back to AOL, like I was in college and I saw this therapist and I was just like, so I think I want to live as a woman. And my therapist was like, okay, then you should do that. I'm like, oh, it's like that easy. I'm like, okay. So I got on AOL and I was just like, I looked up makeup artists like in the area. And I just said, you know, I'm, I'm like all new to this are you comfortable working with someone who's male and they're like yeah sure so I you know went in and and I was terrified of doing it because I was still like very closeted and um I but I even though I was terrified I still did it so I, I don't think you ever get rid of the fear it's like you get rid of the fear by doing it mm. and I some people like a more of affirmative approach like I don't I get called mommy a lot. Um, daddy, <laughs> daddy too. I mean, I'm okay with, with either one. It's strange to be called mommy. Just, I'd recommend not to call me mother. Cause that just mm, reminds me of like psycho. Yes. And I was I, about to sexy. say. That's not sexy. <laughs> I mean, I know some people are into serial killers, but it's just not, not sexy. Um, so I, tr I can take the, the, the loving affirmative approach and I can even use some, not everyone likes certain slurs. I mean, I think they're like, I see some slurs as like terms of endearment, you know, and the way you might say it. If someone doesn't want me to say something like that, I won't say it. And I also have people that love to be shamed. Like they might build their strength through being shamed for it. But it's also afterwards, like, so like the shame can help you get off. Mm -hmm. And I know some, I, I, I've, I mean, I've been kinky. I'm more interested in kink than sex personally so i know lots of people into shame and i've played with shame quite a bit and that itself can help someone get off um i know men and women into shame i'm into shame that's why i kind of play into that um so but i can also take that approach and like degrade someone but afterwards i want to let them know it's like i don't really think that you're like a terrible person for wanting to do this. And there's ways in which you could talk to someone like aftercare. If they don't hang up immediately after they nut, mm -hmm. you can talk to them and just like, how do you feel? Like, how did that feel saying that out loud? And sometimes they'll say like, I've never told anyone else that. Like, thank you for allowing me to do that. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's what makes all this worthwhile, to be honest. What is the feeling that you get when somebody tells you that? You have literally changed their life for the better. I'm like a perverted highway to heaven. Um, <laughs> you're, I, think, I think we're in the same similar generation. So it's like, you know, you can know that reference. Um, you know, it's, it's a benefit that goes along with it. And I think we all have, unfortunately, we all have to work and, you know, to get by in life. And I've had jobs which I I 
don't feel good about doing. And while some people might look at what I do as being like, oh, you're like a degenerate, you know, like what you do is disgusting. You know, like sometimes it is, yeah. Um, but it's never felt more honest as far as like in the emotional sense. And I think I'm doing far more good in this. And it's important not to let it get to your head and thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm the savior. Cause like sometimes your motivation goes into that and you want them to like, I know what it's like to be ashamed and to feel humiliation and to live a closeted life. And it's like, I don't want that for you, but it's like, maybe that's where that person needs to be. So I've had moments where it's like, I've, I've tried to push a little too much. Um, and you realize you have to meet people where they are. So it's like, it makes it worthwhile. Uh, it doesn't make it feel like work. And if you don't feel like a piece of shit walking away from putting in eight to 10 hours, 12 hours, whatever your, your day hour, you know, your work hours are, I, I think you're doing quite well in life. What can a straight man Mm -hmm. especially with the way that so many straight guys are so much about the sex, not mm -hmm. about the connection, not about caring what a woman feels. Mm -hmm. What can straight guys learn from your journey? Um. I think that they can learn that you can overcome. Um, and there's a lot of stigma with being, it's like the differences between male sexuality and female sexuality. They get, sh they each get shamed and they each get shamed, but they get shamed in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, like it's kind of like most men kind of think like, oh yeah, women being bisexual, being with another woman, like they want all women to do that. Maybe not all of them, but you know, it's like, that seems acceptable. <laughs> yeah. But the idea of a man being with another man, I know some women that love watching like gay porn or, you know, like encouraged by scenes and that kind of stuff. Um, I guess in answering the actual question, I think men can learn that you can find the strength to be the person that you want to be, but you have to be willing to take chances. And that could be rejection. That could be pain. But you have, to deter you have to really ask yourself, do you want to live a life of pain where no one knows who you are? Like, I remember what it was like being, I was, I used to be a severely depressed person, like mm -hmm. deeply depressed. Mm -hmm. um, when I hit puberty, like luckily I didn't grow really tall and get very masculine, like really, you know, muscly. But I thought like, so I thought I actually had was like, I'm going to get old and die and no one's going to know like who I really wanted to be. Aww. Yeah. But, and that's, that's sad to hear, but it's also like, it's great to know that like that doesn't affect me anymore. I remember that feeling. I remember that emotion, but it's from a, it's, it's an old version of me and I've kind of grown out of that. So I think no matter what your age is, um, even if you're 60, 70 years old and you're like, uh, I've wasted my whole life. It's like, well, you're going to be alive for X amount of time. You can either continue to do what you're doing 
or you can actually make a change. And that's going to require work and effort. And I think pain is necessary for growth. You don't learn through taking the easy route. So embrace the pain, grow, become the person that you want to be. What great advice. More to come with Holland of Chicago when we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the practical contract guide, relationship short shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? <laughs> or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns. <laughs> Uh, but lots of solid BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. Kink for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners, written by Princess Natasha Strange, and that's me, <laughs> is available on Amazon. Go get it now. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur of the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on what women and other wonderful humans want. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the program, joined by Holland of Chicago. Let's talk about something that I had mentioned to you during the break and uh, had been looking at doing research for the show, which is your Twitter account. Okay. And as I said, a lot of your, your content is encouraging gay men to come out of the closet or even if they aren't gay to perhaps explore that side mm -hmm. 
you can hear the awkwardness in my voice <laughs> because it nervous. I it does make me nervous. It's not as though I wouldn't explore that side. I mean, I absolutely love giving blowjobs to women with with to doms with strap-ons. I think sure. that is a hot thing. Yeah. I'm not sure how comfortable I would be with the real thing. Just being okay. honest. Sure. But the idea that you present for people to be comfortable with that and think about that, yeah. that's something that it definitely would get somebody thinking. And I know that sounds really strange to say. And I, like I said, I'm feeling awkward in, in talking about it. But the motivation that anybody should have to investigate things that they are curious about or have wondered, hmm, I wonder if. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing thing at any age, let alone my age. Mm -hmm. So discuss a little bit about why you do what you do in um, the, that particular context. Sure. I mean, I, th I think I adapted more to my um, my clients. Uh, I mean, it's, it's always been there. I mean, I know like the first time I was with a man before I was like very nervous, curious. I knew I wanted to try it. Um, but you know, I did it and I was like, okay, this, this was fun. I enjoyed it. Sure. Mm -hmm. With a lot of the men I'm dealing with now who are anywhere in their I thought I thought that the younger generation would start getting okay with like sexuality. Turns out, was dead. I'm dead wrong. Like most of the time. Wow. Um, tw mid twenty somethings. I usually I get some like late teens, like eighteen, nineteen, all the way up to like you know seventy, seventy five, somewhere on there. And men of every generation tend to be ashamed or terrified or nervous or scared. They can't tell their girlfriends or wives whatever. Um, I like the idea of freeing people. So it's like to alleviate burden and stress and to help people live better lives. And there's one particular example when I was doing more in-person sessions, like long, like around 2009, mm -hmm. 2008, somewhere around there, I did this transformation session, which is really like my favorite type of one of my, I think my number one favorite kink session, just the transformation process, not necessarily anything sexual. Like there is sometimes there might be some sexual gratification involved in it, but it's not necessarily like the way you might feel about cat suits or how you used to feel is the way someone may feel about slipping on a pair of panties or pantyhose or an evening gown or doing their makeup. Um, there might be a little thrill there, but I had this session. I, and it was kind of unremarkable because it was only two hours and to get someone in full femme mode, you need almost two hours. So you kind of get them all dressed up. Probably can't take as long as you really want to. And then you, they see themselves in the mirror. Maybe they, they get off or something, but you're just kind of like, all right, time's over. You know, we're, that was the process. Um, but another friend of mine, a Dom saw the same client and it was maybe three or four years later. And she told me, it's like, oh, client X said 
to thank you because after he saw himself all dressed up, he eventually told his wife about his interests, his desires in, do in dressing up. And, you know, they were apparently still together. So it's like to, I kind of think back to like that. And it doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with cross-dressing. And I don't, I want to be very clear. I love the, I love the power of all this, but I don't really want to make men go gay mm -hmm. unless they like, they're interested in like going gay. And that can mean different things for different people because some guys think just like what you refer to sucking on a strap on or getting fucked with a strap on by a woman, by a cis woman is gay because something's up their butt. Mm. Some guys think like that. Yeah. And then some guys think being with a trans woman makes them gay. And it's like, well, it's, it's not exactly, it's kind of like somewhere in the middle. It's not exactly the straightest thing in the world either, but it's, it's like, they need that like femininity, but it's like this, they're attracted to cock. So it's like, there's that type of sexual person where like, I have a clip called gay for cock. It's like, you know, I can't, you can only, you can only get so creative. Um, <laughs> and it, it doesn't really, I know some guys who have no interest in like holding hands with a man or kissing a man or even having like anal sex with a man, but they are quite comfortable with going to glory holes and just sucking any random dick that comes through. Mm. And it's like, is that gay? It's like, yeah, sure. But they don't want to fall in love with the man. They just like sucking dick. And laws of supply and demand says that you're gonna be, if you want to suck dick, you're going to probably suck a guy's dick to get that, to get that feeling. Um, so what do I do what I do? I want to liberate men from their, from their fears. And I want to make money doing it. That's just plain and simple. To follow you, best way to do it is on Linktree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Holland of Chicago, all one word. Thank you. And then you're on Twitter and Instagram, and you've got all sorts of other things on your, your Linktree. But if yeah. you want to get an idea of just how amazing Holland of Chicago is, just Take a look at the content on Twitter and it, it, it's going to make you go, I want to see more of this. <laughs> yeah. That or I might get some, some, some more hate mail, but either <laughs> one, like I like the attention. <laughs> the beautiful thing is you've become your authentic self and you're helping other people do that. And that yeah. is what I love. Thank you. I find it rewarding. And it sounds like you find this to be rewarding as well. You get to, talk to people and they get to open up to you and you get to also explore like really who you are and, and learn about yourself. So it's been a great job. journey for me. Absolutely. Holland, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That was indeed a very interesting episode for me personally, because while I've never considered myself to be closeted, I have had thoughts in recent days and months about what sexuality is like in so many different ways. And I love to be educated in those platforms. I really appreciate Holland taking the time to talk with me and also appreciate Mistress Natalia Sedici for bringing Holland to my attention. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. We step into the world of hypnosis with a talented hypnotist and kink enthusiast. It's Mistress Carol next week 
on what women and other wonderful humans want. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, special thanks to Holland of Chicago for joining us, and we thank you for being with us. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. We only have two more episodes left in season number three before we start season number four with a very special guest, as it will be Mistress Alexandra Balance, the well-known international dominatrix who is behind the Femdom Gala. We will hear her next steps and meet an amazing woman. It's Mistress Alexandra Balance on our season premiere. That's coming up September 19th. And once again, a special shout out to Kingster Merch on Etsy, where you can get your What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want merch. And as always, our presenters at Dating Kinky. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. And I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast, and now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.